0: Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Hey, good morning again. Wow, sounds like we need more coffee. So, uh, hey, we're going to have fun, though, today. Hey, you know, um, this morning, how many of you guys are looking forward to the new season? Right? the guys looking forward to Monday? Teachers, we're praying for you. You know, students, we're praying for you. Parents, we're teaching for you. Uh, praying for you. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. You know why? Because my wife is coming home. <laughs> yeah. Right? I've been a single man for the last month. And how many of you guys know I thought I was done with that a long time ago? No, but uh, my wife had to take her mom home uh, to Japan. So she flew back with her and has been helping um, mom to kind of get the house cleaned up so she can downsize to a smaller place. It's a little bit uh, too much for her to care for. So she's been doing that all this time. And um, how many of you know that when you're gone for a month, something like that, you start getting a honey list? Anybody have a You know what I mean? all the projects and uh, to be honest you know it's it's, I put the list together but I shared it with her that all the things that I'm hoping to do and she was happy but I think she's wondering how many of those things are actually really gonna get done right and and so um, there's a maxim out there you might be familiar with it that work expands to fill time right so in other words if you give yourself a month to do something how long is it gonna take it's gonna take a month, right? If you give yourself, you know, four days, how many, how, when is it gonna get done? Generally four days, right? So it, however much the thing, so I had, uh, I gotta change the mailbox, I gotta paint the mailbox, I gotta change the faucet, I gotta uh, do the yard, I gotta, you know, there's a few other projects, right, I had to do, guess when they were all done? yesterday. That's right. No, I'm just kidding. But like, no, I couldn't do them all and went yesterday. But you know that they kind of definitely telescoped at the end, right? There's all of that on the end. And sometimes in the middle of those kinds of things that we understand that that you don't always get around to the most important things, right? Sometimes the things that you've been putting off and sometimes the things that you want to do. And sometimes just your life gets overburdened by all the emergency things, right? So urgent things. Somebody needs something today. You get a call. You get a report. You get some kind of a thing and so at times it's in the middle of that that if we're not careful that over time we all kind of have our priorities and shifting and moving and and so at the end though uh, what I would be I would have been really disappointed and my wife probably more so if we came and and you know nothing was done right she would have been really disappointed and uh, so thankfully she's not going to be disappointed but that here's the thing at the end of our days uh, we're going to we're going to read a verse that i hope that at the end of our days all of us can say the same words and mean it because jesus at the end of his days said this to, to, to the Father uh, on the night before he was going to go to the cross. He prays this prayer as he's talking to his Father in heaven in John 17, 4. And we're going to stand in reverence for God and we're going to read this because this is something I think all of us would love to be true of us. Ready? Let's read. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. We all know that God has a call in your life. Every one of you, that God has a calling in your life. And, and it may not be to do the same thing as the person that's next to you. It may not be to, to be in the same place as the person that's next to you. But the first calling is to God himself. And the second thing is that sometimes you have a things to accomplish in life. And so this is what Jesus says, I did it all. I did it all. And I think that at the end of your life, wouldn't you want that to be true of you? God, I brought you glory here on earth. But that I also did all that you called me to do. And so in order for that to happen, sometimes there needs to be a realigning of our priorities. Sometimes in the middle of life that when we get blown off track or, or when work begins to expand to fill time, that maybe we feel that press. But one of the ways we can um, deal with that is to realign priorities. So before you're seated, do me a favor, turn to your neighbor, says, you can do all God's called you to do, and then you can have a seat. You can do all God's called you to do. You can know God. You can can find freedom. You can make a difference. You can discover purpose. You can do all of those things. But sometimes it's difficult to get first things first because there's so many competing things, so many competing relationships, so many competing interests, so many competing uh, needs. And so one of those things is that God says this. He tries to Tell us, like, from the beginning, that hey, let, let's just set things first. What does he say? He says it like this in Matthew 6 33. Let's read what it says. Ready? Begin. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Sometimes, even when we've experienced the mercy of God, we've experienced the power of God, we've experienced the miracle of God, and we know God can be trusted and that God can be, uh, you know, we can be believing Him that to do things the way that He wants us to do. But then sometimes you gotta forget it. We're like, I gotta do this myself, and I gotta work harder, and I gotta pour into this, and you work and you work and you work, and it's seems like it never gets any closer right and then there's a time where you go like oh my gosh god i just got to i got to put you first And then all of a sudden, things begin to flow better. You know, you're not as frustrated. And so it's in those moments that we need to be reminded. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then he says this, all the stuff that you're worried about, you know, your your kids, all the stuff that you're worried about, like your your financial picture, all the stuff that you're worried about, you know, like, well, what is my job thing going to happen in the future? He's saying this, seek me first, and I'll add these things. I'll, I'll order these things in your life. But in the busyness of life, sometimes it's very difficult that when the winds blow and the things change and, and, and moves happen, whether it's, it's, it's like the church move or, or sometimes your business moves. Sometimes you, you move a, a line of business. And it reminded me of a, um, the old story that I, I read a while back about the captain at sea in the middle of the darkest night sees off in the distance a little light and they appear to be coming closer to each other. And so the captain of the ship tells the, the signal man, send a message to the vessel so turn 10 degrees to the south and so the they signal the the other ship and pretty quickly comes a reply um, negative you alter your course 10 degrees to the north and so the captain of the ship not used to getting this kind of a, a response is a little offended and he says hey this is the captain speaking alter your course 10 degrees to the south. Pretty quick came the reply. Negative. This is seaman first class uh, Jones. Turn your ship, alter your course, 10 degrees to the north. Now the captain is like really upset. He says, send this. He says, I am a battleship. Turn your vessel 10 degrees to the south. And immediately came the reply turn negative, turn your ship 10 degrees to the north, I am a lighthouse, right? (laughs) Because no matter how big a boat you think you are, right, you're not bigger than the lighthouse, right? And certain things are meant to take direction from a point of reference that does not change. And you and I, our lives change. Worlds, our worlds change, but God does not change. And so he says to us, his encouragement to us is this, don't try to make me revolve around your life instead. Would you order your life around me? And he says, after we do that, he says, what happens? All the things that you need, he says, will be added to you. And so this week when we're talking in this aspect of preparing for the new season and why we reset is because we reset to be able to grow as a, as a disciple. Now, now, some of us um, may know this, that the moment that you said yes to Jesus... The moment you said yes to Jesus, there's a number of things that happen. God forgives you of your sin. He, he, um, it transfers you and adopts you into his family and that you become a child of God. And that is a, a, a declaration of status, okay? So in other words, that when you are adopted into God's family, that even in the, in the Roman world, that when um, Paul wrote that, he understood that when you're adopted, it can never be revoked, okay? So do me a favor. Uh, turn to your neighbor and just says, if you trusted Jesus, you're a child of God. Right? That's your status. That's your status, okay? That's who you are. That's that's your relationship to God. But we are talking this morning about part of this aspect of reset and, and changing priorities because sometimes we need to reset to grow as a disciple. Now, a disciple is different than being a son or a daughter of God than being a child of God. The word disciple comes from the word learner in, in, the, in the Greek language, mathetes. It comes from being a follower of a master. It would be uh, uh, like someone who is learning how to be something and journeyman, and, and, and kind of a, a training up to be able to become a craftsman. It was a, a, a religious, a spiritual kind of a mentor to become more like his teacher. And so becoming a disciple is not something that's automatic. It has to be something that's chosen. It has to be something that's engaged in. And there is a cognate word to that disciple is the word discipline, right? Now, how many of you, when you hear the word discipline, it brings you great joy? <laughs> probably not, right? Because what, what do you think when you think of discipline? Sometimes. All the things you got to give up, right? It's like, oh, like, i got to discipline my diet, so I cannot eat all the cake, I cannot eat, you know, right? sometimes that's what we think about discipline. All the things that you sacrifice, all the things you give up. Um, or sometimes we think discipline can have the imp, uh, implication of, of, of punishment or correction, right? That like you discipline a child, or you're under disciplinary action at work. But can we understand this? To be a disciple and to have discipline that we need to understand not how we interpret it not maybe even what your experience has been but what is God trying to accomplish it for you and so this is what it says he says even when you have discipline for the moment it seems sorrowful but in the end it produces a greater fruitfulness right and and so God's desire is for you to at sometimes Say learn how to say no to certain things. Why? So you can say yes to better things. It's, it's why does God want you to be disciplined? Just like if you have kids and then you're telling them, hey, I, I want you to kind of buckle down. You know, I want you to learn how to study. I want you to like, hey, do your homework first, then you can go out. Why is that? Because we hope their future is better sometimes in our future right and then then our life and in our situation so what is it for it's for your freedom not for your punishment god's not trying to take anything away from you he's trying to help you bring focus and so to be a disciple that means there's times we need to to be able to grow as that it says it like this in matthew 28 18 to 20. let's read what it says it says this ready begin Therefore, go and make what? Disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end. Of the age and so this is the commission where it's like to go go reach the world right go 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 make disciples where of 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 like of hawaii no it says of all the nations right of of israel no not of of just of israel around the world of all the nations now here's the thing about making disciples it's hard to make disciples when you don't know how to be a disciple yourself Right, Because when it says, teach the disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, if I obey none of the commands and I'm trying to teach somebody to obey all the commands, what does that make me? Maybe hypocrite on one hand right, or ignorant on the other. It's, it's difficult. You can't do it because you might have knowledge of something. It doesn't mean it's what I'm doing. And so here's one of the things that I found is that you never reproduce what you want. You just reproduce what you are. It's just kind of the, the principle in life, right? And so that if there's no resonance in what I'm doing, then I, de- I don't reproduce what I want. I end up reproducing what I am. And so in order for that to happen, that we have to grow as disciples, as learners, as followers of Jesus. And so... In the 21 days uh, that are beginning tomorrow, in many ways, it's a, that's part of the reset that we're doing. It's like we do that twice a year. Every year in the beginning, end of the year, in January, we do it with fasting, right? And so, hey, let's seek God, as the scriptures talk about, with prayer and fasting. In the summertime, we do it with prayer and feasting, right? So we'll have a feast on the 26th, 27th. And, and so, in the midst of that, that we're wanting to learn. Now, there's some skills that you need uh, in order to grow, right? And and that as we're seeking God, as we're trying to grow in this aspect, um, some of us are gonna be praying for things that that you you want change in, right? Anybody have some things that you want God to work in your life, right? Yeah, I, I think all of us, we have things, places and, and situations. And, and so it's very easy that if you, you know you you had a a child that's maybe kind of off you know on their own and they're kind of the prodigal son that we're going to be praying for prodigal sons maybe for some of us right for some of us you're going to be praying for for prodigal spouses right for some of you going to be praying for prodigal parents right so it it goes all the different places but you know in those moments so so often it's easy to say God would you change them but sometimes you know where we need to begin by saying God would you change me God, would you change me? Now, I'm not saying it's because you're responsible for all those things. When Jesus told the story of the prodigal son, the father was a perfect father. The father was God, right, in the story, really, that illustration. But he had no reason. He wasn't the cause why the son went off the farm and the son kind of went off crazy. Sometimes there's just rebellion in the heart. But at the same time, for some of us, that maybe there's things, before you start saying all the changes that would you change all these people, change the situation, sometimes you got to be willing to grow and change yourself, right? That we need to be able to do that. Why? Because even if the, the, the son comes home, the spouse comes home, the, the parent comes home, whatever, the, the boss comes home, the, the worker comes home, that we need to be able to steward them. And sometimes what needs to happen is that maybe we weren't responsible for it, but somehow the way that we'll receive it needs to be a little different. And so we need to be willing to grow and change because it will take some discipline and it will take some aspect of the grace of God. Now, one of those things that is necessary then is you're going to have spiritual discipline is what we talked about is... is, um, Uh, well, we haven't talked about it yet, we're gonna talk about it now. It's it's, you need some spiritual practices in order for that to happen. The, The scripture says this, it says, discipline yourself unto godliness. And what does that mean? It says, there are some things you can do that will build you up spiritually, just as there are some things you could do that will tear you down spiritually, right? That we don't have to probably list out all the things that tear us down because we all came from that. But what do we do to build ourselves up? Let me give you a few things that will help you. And if you're willing to grow in it and willing to change in it, uh, I promise you that, that your life will change over the coming 21 days. The first thing is this, I'm gonna say this, is worship in community. Worship in community. And some of you say, man I, I, man, I play my worship music all, all the time. I, I have that plugged in. I, I mean, I'm listening to Elevation or I'm listening to Bethel, I'm listening to whoever, and that you're listening to <clears throat> worship all the time. I think that is great. I think that's wonderful, but it's probably not enough. And why do I say that? Because that's what the scriptures say. The scriptures say this in Hebrews 10:24 to 25. He says it like this. Let us think of ways to motivate. Let's say the word motivate. 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 What is motivation, right? It's not having information, it's, it's kind of igniting a desire for something, right? That if you're gonna change, it's not enough that all of us have information, but none, sometimes we lack motivation, right? Because many of us know that we gotta change our diet a little bit. Anybody know that, right? That's information. How many of us do it? That's motivation, right? That's a a very different thing. So he's saying this. Sometimes people have information, but they need motivation. Think of ways to motivate who? One another. Not motivate yourself. It doesn't say think of ways to motivate yourself. It says think of ways to motivate one another, to acts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect what? Our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. People ask sometimes, when is Jesus coming back? Only God knows, all I know is this, it's closer than it used to be, and I think it's close, right? That's all I can say. I don't know when it is, right? It's, It's closer than it used to be, it's definitely closer than when this was written, right? And it's close. But here's what we need to do. We need to motivate one another. We need to encourage one another. And why do you do that? Because you need community. You and I are social beings by design. You might not think, I'm not the most sociable person. I'm anti-social, in fact, some of you might think. But you are affected by people around you. You are affected by what happens in the world around you. And so this is what the, the scripture is saying. You will, if you live in the world, you will become like the world. But if you wanna become more like Jesus, you need to shift some of your world to be around people who wanna be like Jesus, right? That's, that's part of that principle. Now, but some of us are thinking, but, but we have online, right? Um, can we just say good, good morning to our church family online? Hey, good morning, guys. Glad that you're joining us. Now, here's this. Here's the principle here at the same time. I I know we have a bunch of teachers in the room. We've had a bunch of teachers over the weekend. And I asked this question Saturday night, and there was probably like seven, eight teachers in the room. And I said, how many of you loved when we had all online school? And none of the teachers raised their hand. Why is that? Because it wasn't pleasant for the teacher, and it wasn't pleasant for the student. Why is that? Because people were in silos. People were individualized, stuck in their home, right? And you know what? To be honest, some of the benefit for some people, some students, they did well. Some students did well. Why? Because they could just grind it out, do their thing, and then they went out and did their, you know, played or do do whatever. But it was hard for the teacher. It was hard for the student. And as a result today, and so, and not just students, and not just kids, but but just this last three years been hard for people. You know why? Because all of the social systems that people had in place, a lot of those things got interrupted during, during the pandemic. And so today, and this is what they said would happen, and this is what's happened, is that today, if you know anybody in the mental health care profession, right? And you wanna see somebody, there is a backlog because it's being inundated with people trying to deal with their stress, trying to deal with some of the emotional issues, someone trying to deal with all these things that, what happened? That's what happened from isolation. And so nobody says that, that that's the best model. So we're glad we do have online um, church, we are glad that we do have a streaming, but here's the thing. It's meant to be on the moment that you can't make it. Maybe when you're traveling, you're on vacation, you you know, you had a family thing, you, you know, there's the kids had a game or whatever it is. So in the midst of that, you still can catch it. But should this be your main means of connection? No, it shouldn't. Because we need to gather together because you know what happens? that you grow from people that are around you, and that you need to place yourself. There's, I'd say there's tremendous value in coming to a place every week, and it doesn't matter the place so much, as, as, as a place that, that's gonna worship, a place that's gonna uh, call you higher, a place that's gonna lead us to uh, remember all the calling of God in our life. It's gonna instruct us on ways to go, that this is what we're talking, about. not just singing, it's not just singing, but it's the communal, spiritual life. A long time ago, a long time ago, the church went through this kind of process where they thought it's, it's the individual, it's just the individual committed to God, that's all that matters. And part of that movement a long time ago created monks. And that they would go get away from the world, and they would go live in a cave somewhere, they would go some remote place, and they just kind of lived out their faith alone. In that period, closed rather quickly. And then later, why did they find that? Because people, you know what happened to them? They got weird. They did. They got weird. So some of them thought, like, I, to be close to God, i got to live up on top of a pole. And there was a guy who lived on top of a pole for a year, right? You know what happened to him? He lost a lot of weight living on that pole. But, but he also, he got all these infections. He had all these things because he had to tie himself to the pole. And uh, did, did Jesus really call him to do that? I don't think so. Right? People who lived in Cape, they got weird. So this is what happened. They at least began to pull them into communities that then became things like monasteries and things like that. Because what happens is people need community. Apart from that, they get weird. You guys ever notice that about people around you? Right? Like, some, I say this about sometimes older people that when they get stuck at home, and I see this with sometimes my relatives, you guys, anybody have the relative that, that they don't come up, for? <laughs> I don't even need to finish the statement. Somebody raising their hand. <laughs> oh God, I got our relatives, but the ones that like, you know, they, they come up for breath every so often, but they can't, you know, just keep talking, 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 talking. Are those people who are around a lot of people? No. They're so isolated that when you get with them, they just constantly, right, they don't have social skill. Why? Because that's degraded. You know that happens in every other kinds of skills as well? We need people, that you need people around you. If not, you get weird, right? You get, you get crotchety, and you, you get like, oh, like kind of like stubborn and rigid. And, and so what causes us to have to do that? It's when you have to live with somebody. You know what, over the last month, I've been living, not by myself, because my kids are at home, but you know what? Like, I can see there's a little bit of degradation. Hopefully the house doesn't look too bad when my wife comes home, <laughs> right? But if I was left to that device, man, I'm starting to live like I used to live before I got married, right? I'm glad that part is what has been in the rearview mirror. I need other people around me you do too. We need to live in community. Here's the second thing I want to mention about that is you also got to learn how to to practice prayer. You got to learn how to practice prayer. And so uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. And, and it doesn't mean that you just like kind of just pray to yourself like, Twenty-four hours a day, it, it's more a sense of implying a sense of regularity and constancy. It's like a daily habit, and and that we have a default is is to to talk to God. We have a default to to pray. It's a moment by moment thing, but but we we can pray throughout the day. It's not like just one time a day, or it's not just like once a week. But that we have this conversation with God. Now, there's there's something that I think that happens is that most people I believe want to pray, but they don't pray as much as they would like to pray. And it's one of the things the devil uses to make people feel guilty and, and you know, feel ashamed. But, but part of the reason is this, they don't know how to pray. They don't know how to make it meaningful. They don't know how to do all those things. And, and so this is what the scripture says in Ephesians 6.18 as kind of a, a, a point to this. He says this, and pray on the spirit on what? All, all occasions. occasions. So when should you pray? All the time, right? So, when when things are hard, yeah, of course, that's an occasion. When things are good, of course, when that, on that occasion. When you know what to do, yes, on that occasion. When you don't know what to do, yes, on that occasion. So they're saying so. Praying the spirit on all occasions, basically all the time, with what all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, always keep, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see, some of us we think prayer is just me talking to God like conversationally. Yes, that's part of it. It's not all of it, right? And and sometimes it's just like, you know, that you wanna be quiet and reverent before God, you wanna be silent before God, you wanna be meditative before God. Yes, that's part of it. But you know what, when, when life is coming at you and throwing you left hooks and jabs, you know what, that's not the time just to be quiet and say, God, would you just help me? Sometimes you need warfare prayer right? Sometimes you need a prayer that helps you to stand firm and stand strong. Sometimes you need to know how to pray a prayer of faith. Sometimes you need to know how to pray a confessional prayer. Sometimes you need to know to pray a declarational prayer. Sometimes the prayers that we pray like over our kids that, that, you know, if you lay your hands and say, you know, God has a great future for you, that, that you're going to be a person of influence. We start praying like that over our, our kids. You know what, does that mean that because you know exactly what's going to happen? No, we're declaring over them the favor of God to go before them, and that, what does it do? It creates a track for them to follow, and that we ought to be blessing our kids regularly, right? You ought to be praying that blessing over one another regularly, but you got to learn how to do it, right? you got to learn how to do it. And so that's one of the things that we want to do in the 21 days of prayer is we want to teach people all different kinds of ways to pray. One of the ways that we do it is there's a free booklet we give to anybody who wants one. It's called Pray First. You can actually download it from the website on the resources page. Um, And it gives a bunch of different ways. But the other part of it is this, that you really only learn how to pray by praying, right? that you can watch all the YouTube videos in the world, but if you don't go out and try to do what the YouTube video showed you, then you just watch YouTube videos, right? So it's not just reading a book on prayer, it's, it's getting instructed so you can practice praying. And so we wanna be able to do that. And I, I guarantee you, if you join us for 21 days of prayer, that at the end of those 21 days, what will happen is that you will pray more in the succeeding 330 days that are before you, 300 and however, 350, 34 days, right? 265 days, My math is off, sorry. <laughs> 340 whatever days. So here's um, what we wanna do though. We wanna involve everybody. So we're even challenging you. If you have a life group that meets on a certain night, ours meets on Thursday, what are we saying? during the next three weeks? Hey, on Thursday, we're not gonna meet at my house, we're gonna meet here. Right, And we're going we're gonna to worship together and we're going to pray together and we're going to fellowship maybe afterwards, but, but here's the thing, we're going we're gonna to do it here. Why? Because we need to gather the people of God to pray. Now, why is that? Uh, and I, I know for some people we're going to have a theological um, maybe a challenge on this, but can we say this, that, that God hears all of your prayers, let's say that, right? Turn to your neighbor and says God hears your prayer. Right. But there's some things that you can pray for. It's not enough that one person prays. It's just not. Your, per, your prayer is heard, but it's, it's not enough, right? And, and it's sort of like, you guys ever look at the nation and think like, whoa, man, our country needs help, right? Our country needs a directional change. Our country needs to come back to some common sense, right? We think that. And you've probably prayed for that. It's not enough, why? Because we need more people in the country to pray for that, right? So in, we find this in the book of Jonah when, when God gave a message to Jonah and he was reluctant to do it, but he finally goes to the city of Nineveh, 120,000 people, that's a big city back then. And, and it, was a, it was a warring city and God had a message of judgment. And what happened? is that because Jonah declared that message, one person changed his heart, the king. But you know what, not just the king, everybody around him. And it says everybody began to pray, they began to fast, they began to repent from from their ways. And so what happened is God spared the city. If it was just the king, I believe that, you know what, that wouldn't have happened, right? We see the same thing in the New Testament. We see what happens is when um, in the early church that there was great persecution that started to arise uh, under uh, Herod uh, uh, Agrippa, and uh, he was on a tear against the church, and the church was getting uh, it grew quickly, and then all of a sudden there was a lot of pushback, and so. Uh, Agrippa arrested one of the apostles, James, whose brother John is the guy that wrote the book of John, who wrote the book of Revelation, who wrote the three letters of John. But they arrested James, and then they killed him with a sword. And so what happens is they saw, well, the people were pretty happy because they're putting down this kind of crazy thing that's happening about these guys you know, who are called Christians. And so they arrest Peter. Peter's in prison. And what happens is they begin to pray. And this is how it describes it in, in uh, Acts 12, verses 5 to 8. But while Peter was in prison, what happened? The church prayed how? Very earnestly for him. So was just everybody like, hey, God, bless Peter, and then that's it. Is that how they prayed? No, that's not how they prayed. They're saying, God, that we know that, that the king has... Peter in prison, but we're declaring, Lord Jesus, your king, and that you can change the hearts of the, of the kings and turn their hearts whichever way you, you want, right? So, God, that you're the same God that, that broke prison doors, that has broken the chains, right? They're praying, God, for something to happen. They're praying earnestly they're praying fervently and when you pray with people who are praying earnestly and fervently what does it do it helps you to pray earnestly and fervently and so the night before Peter was to be placed on trial he was asleep fastened with two chains between two soldiers so we know this at least he had peace Peter had peace while he was in prison he knew that if he died he would go to see Jesus right but he was still in prison And it says, others stood guard at the prison gate and suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter and the angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists and then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals. And he said, now put on your coat and follow me, right? Now, the next few verses in verse 12, it says this, Peter actually goes to Mary's house where the prayer meeting is held right? And where everybody is praying earnestly. Now, would this have happened if Peter's friend, just one of them, prayed for him? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because it's something the whole church prayed for. There are things that just one person's prayer is not enough. One small group is not enough. And that's why we're calling the church to pray. Now, it's sort of like this. My, my son asked me a little while ago, I said, Dad, why don't, why don't we see miracles today like we saw in the Bible? I said, you see miracles, right? Um, you've seen, you know, this auntie who got healed. Seen, you saw this thing where God opened this door. And, and these are situations, it's not that, like, a person of a person of a person these are people that he actually met he knows he said yeah, yeah yeah I I know that that is a miracle that God God did move but why don't we see miracles like in the bible like what we see like this at peter in prison right and the only response i had to him and i think it's the the true response is that if you want to see bible sized prayers answered and bible sized miracles happen we got to pray Bible-directed prayers, right? we got to pray like what the Scripture says, right? If you want to see Jesus kind of centered, like a miracles that Jesus did, guess what? you got to live like Jesus, right? we got to learn from Him. And so this is what we're calling ourselves to do. Hey, let's just reset. Is it because everything we're doing is wrong? No, but maybe over the next 21 days, we have a focus. Why? Because we're saying we want to finish the end of the year strong, right? I believe that we're going out to Kapolei again because we've been praying for this as a church for months, right? We've been praying for, to be honest, years from during the pandemic season. God's opened the door. Is it the time to stop praying? No. Because it would be, I I would be foolish to think there's not going to be resistance or opposition to us moving right? So we need to pray more. So we're calling the church. Over the next 21 days, let's seek God. Let's seek His face. Let's learn how to hear His voice. And let's learn how to experience His power. That's what we're going to talk about over the next 21 days. If you can join us in person, or if you need to, online. But we need every person. We want you to learn how to pray. And so just at the end of that 21 days, guess what? That's what 21 days takes to build a habit. Maybe you'll pray a little more, right? Maybe you'll pray a little, a, a little more effectively. Maybe you'll learn a little different ways that you can pray. Is that helpful? And what happens when you come? We'll worship, why? Because God's worthy. We'll hear a little bit of a word, why? Because it's faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, right? So it stimulates that. If God, if you could do this for Peter, God, you can do it for me. God, if you could turn the people of Nina around, maybe you can turn that prodigal around, right? So God, if you can do all these things, that's what happens, and so it stimulates our faith, and the Word of God is living and active, it says, right? It's not, it's not history, although it contains history. It's a living, living Word. And so at the end of 21 days, we're praying for breakthrough. How many of you guys need a breakthrough somewhere, right? You need a breakthrough somewhere, let's, let's partner together. You pray personally, but sometimes you need to partner with other people. We're partnering together as a church. Amen. And then we'll just say, the, this is the last point, is that um, part of the reason why we need to reset is sometimes it's for the next generation, right? It's sometimes it's for the next generation. It's, it's, I'm not concerned about your destiny um, for the folks who are in the room. I'm, I'm not. Because I know... You know the Lord. I, we want you to grow. We want to equip you and, 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 and do all of that. And yes, we will continue to do that. We want to make sure people get connected. We want to um, start small groups. We're going to do all these kind of things. But uh, I am concerned about the next generation, the generation that will come after us. And when I say that, it's not just necessarily kids, although I think that age group has is front with more challenges than, frankly, guys my age, right? It's a more... It's a different world. So there are more distractions, different distractions. But the next generation is anybody who doesn't know Christ yet, right? And I, I'm concerned about them because without us investing in them, that, to be honest, they only know a secondhand Jesus. And you know, God only has children, He doesn't have grandchildren and nephews and cousins, right? And so, They need to know Jesus for themselves. But how does it happen? It says it like this in Psalm 78, 4. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. We should not tell our kids about just a little kind Jesus only. Is that is there is that Jesus, merciful and kind? Yeah, absolutely. But are there times where we see Jesus turn the tables, because of you know, things that were hypocritical and things that were um, making a mockery of God? Yeah, he did. Are there times that Jesus encouraged just the weak? And yes, of course there was. But there were times that he challenged. The powerful, and that he challenged the things that were wrong. People need to know the full counsel of God. Maybe not when they're four, <laughs> right? Maybe not when they're four, but, but we need, don't be ashamed to tell people the truth, right? Don't be ashamed. That we, we ought to encourage them, not to, not to scare them, but I just say this. We want to lead them to the place where they can have their, their own personal experience with God. AND UNFORTUNATELY, THINK ABOUT HOW YOU BECAME A BELIEVER. THINK ABOUT HOW YOU CAME TO FAITH. WAS IT BECAUSE EVERYTHING WAS SMOOTH IN YOUR LIFE? FOR SOME OF US IT WAS. FOR MANY OF US IT WASN'T. IT WAS IN SOME OF THOSE POINTS OF NEED. POINTS OF NEED WILL ARISE IN EVERYONE'S LIFE. BUT WE EQUIP THEM NOW SO WHEN THE POINT OF NEED COMES THAT THEY TURN TO GOD AND NOT TO THE WORLD right? They, they turn to God and then not to, to some drug. They turn to God and not just some relationship to fill some need and that just turns into a serial thing on and on and on, right? So we need to raise our kids in the ways of the Lord. And so one of the ways is because they're packed out, right? In, in KidZone. Every, every week's been packed out. And so graciously right now, um, what happened is Journey, the, the middle school kids, um, they're no longer there. They opened up a space this week so that KidZone can take two spaces, right? And Journey, where did Journey go? Well, they're right above your head right now. So if you hear a little bit of noise, it's not rats. We don't got rats, right? But we got, we got middle school kids ahead. Now, uh, above us, and this is only for the next month until we make the move to Ho'okele. But when we get there, it's a lot larger space. And there's space for expansion and so because we want to give our kids the best environment and we've done the best we can with this place but how many of you guys can agree it's time to make the shift right time to make the shift why it's because we're believing that we need to make disciples from the kids to the adults right we it's time to make the difference and so well what if i don't have kids or what if i'm not a kid right what what do i do well what you do is you gather with a small group of believers to seek God. Because at the end of 21 days of prayer, we're going to start a new semester of small groups again. And there are some small groups that are meeting right now, but we're going to have, we want to start some new groups in, the, in September. We want, there's one started already last week, but uh, we're going to start a new semester. Sometimes it's helpful to have a beginning and an end. And so we end before the holidays, right? People get busy and all that. And then we start again in the, uh, in the spring, after 21 days and, uh, of prayer in the beginning of the year. And then we come up to the summer, right? And then we take a little bit of a break, some of us. But why do we gather together in small groups? Now this is what it says in Acts 5, 42. Let's read what it says. And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they continue to teach and preach this message: Jesus is the Messiah. And so, here's the thing: is that it's it's good to come into a a room like this, and you know, or where we, when we be at the middle school, I mean, uh, the elementary school, and has a nice big air-conditioned uh facility and i don't know about this but is our air conditioning a little bit on the low side today right i'm feeling it today uh but you have stronger ac up there but but here's the thing there's time to gather in a larger group but that sometimes to pray about the things that's really going on in your life right to to kind of really ask some of the questions that really going on in your life to to really dig into certain things and that you don't understand Sometimes it's better to do it in a smaller group, right? Where, you know, you can ask a question where you can, hey, can we pray for this situation? And then you can kind of share your heart. And, and we need that. And he, the other part about it is because in a small group is where you'll be able to support one another, encourage one another, read the scripture together, um, kind of dig a little deeper together to do life together, right, to, to learn how to... Um, you know, do the one another's in the Bible. Forgive one another and and bear one another's burdens. All of these kinds of things. But we need that as well as sometimes the things that we can do on on the weekend together, that that corporately. So the scripture said, you need both. It's not an either or; it's a both and. And so, in that place, we can tend to grow together. Now. Um, I, I don't want to just close with this story I, I'm, and this is I hope pulls it together but um, there's a bunch of changes happening in my life this year uh, my daughter came home from college, she got a job and so we were excited my son came home the last year and so we were excited to have him home too so we had four adults but what I wasn't so excited as we only had two cars <laughs> and uh, Four drivers, two cars, things started to get a little hairy when everybody's working. And and so my kids, my son said, Dad, I want to get a car. And he's going to pay for it himself. Then I got it real excited. So uh, you pay for it yourself? Absolutely. Dad will help you. And um, so we started looking at cars and he started talking about cars. And how many of you guys know that like kids can just look up whatever online nowadays? So he didn't need me to find a car. And I ask him about the car, he says, what are you looking at? And he says, oh, Civics or Integras? I said, okay, the local Japanese boy, that's the kind of car they like. Uh, or just the local boys, that's the car, Civics and, and Integras and Acura. So, um, and so you get in a used car, looking at that, and he starts asking me about it. And I said, Dad, what do you think about this car? He said, well, I don't know, we got to ask some questions, right? So, like, does this, this one have a timing chain or doesn't have a timing chain? Is that timing chain been been changed or not you know like we just ask him well what about you know different situations you're looking at the picture and we start asking questions about the car he says what do you think about the price because he was trying to negotiate price over online i said you don't even know what you want to pay for the car till you see the car right so let's hold off on that then don't make any guarantees but i'd say let's first look at the value let's take a look and then let's look from there right so we started going through this thing. And then he said, Dad, can you come with me when, we go, when I go look at the car? I said, absolutely, I'll do that. I can do it on Monday on my day off. <laughs> and I, can do, I have a little more flexibility on a Thursday or a Friday often. But in between, it's really hard. So then the next day, he calls me, he goes, texts me, he says, Dad, can you come to an appointment? The only time he can meet is Wednesday at 12.30. I have a 12 o'clock um, Bible study. I have a 12 o'clock men's group every Wednesday. I said, oh, son, I, I have group at that time. I have a group. And, you know, this, this sense came that just, you know, just can you rise up, be a dad? This is a big thing for him. And so I said, okay. I, I, said, I said, I can make it. And then let the guys know I can't make it that day. And, you know, they can take care of themselves. They're great. But we went, we looked at the car, we bid some price, and go back and forth on the thing, and, and at the end the price was too high, and he wasn't willing to come down. And I told my son, the biggest thing you have when you buy a car is the power is to walk away. You guys know that, right? You gotta, sometimes that's how you gotta do you gotta exercise that power. So he asked me, Dad, what should we do? I said, what do you wanna do? He said, you wanna pay that price? And he said, no, that's kinda high, right? I said, yeah, I think it's way high but what do you want to do?" He says, okay, we can can walk away. So we we drove off, and as we're driving home, I know he's all bummed out because he couldn't get the car, but I told him, I said, son, I'm really proud of you today. And he said, what are you proud for? I don't even have the car. And I said, no, because you walked away, because you knew it wasn't right. He says, but dad, I really wanted to just pay extra. I said, you know what? That's everybody. That's everybody, right? You guys ever get that place? You want what you want even when you know it's not right but you said no. That's everybody. You know, that's a lesson you're going to have to keep, right? Because it's going to be in more than cars. It's going to be about relationships. It's going to be about jobs. It's going to be about temptations. It's going to be about a lot of things. You're really going to want to do it but you got to know when to walk away when he got home, my wife asked, oh, where's the car? <laughs> oh, we didn't get it. it was too. They didn't want to negotiate enough. And then, but my son goes, he says this, Mom, that's why we really need dads, yeah, for stuff like this. <laughs> and, you know, she laughed. But, you know, I felt honored in that because it reminded me of the fact that no one can be a dad to my son but me right? And there's other relationships, and you have them too. Like, no one can be a husband to my wife but me, right? No one can be a wife to her husband but my wife, right? To to me. There's some relationships you just cannot farm out. And I want to ask you this. When it comes to priorities, are there some things you cannot farm out? It's the people that you parent, it's the people that you're married to, right? Sometimes it's the responsibility that you have. There's some things you cannot farm out. Here's one thing I'm telling you, you cannot farm out. No one can grow for you. No one can, can you know, do spiritual disciplines for you. They can pray for you, but they cannot grow for you. That's something we must choose, to be a disciple. Amen? Make sense? Let's bow our heads. We're closing a word of prayer. Father, sometimes we, we know, we get just caught up in life, and there's so many competing things. And sometimes wants, you have whispers to us, like I heard, Lord, that just says, nobody's going to be a dad but you here. And Lord, do you have a whisper we're praying for your people today about some things you just want them to realign their purpose in. Sometimes it's going to be some of those relationships. And sometimes it's this aspect of learning how to be a disciple. And Father, we're thankful that when you're calling us to do that, you're not calling us out, you're calling us up. And Father, I thank you that we can step higher and we can step into the purposes and plans you have for us. But Lord, that part of that is is learning how to walk, is learning how to pray, is learning how to to know you, is learning how to grow as a follower of Jesus. And Lord, we're thankful for the moment we say, yes, you call us your son and you call us your, your daughter, that we're your kids. And we are so grateful for that status. But we know to be a disciple is something we just keep on choosing. So Father, help us to keep choosing. In Jesus' name, God's people say, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you for tuning in to the Couple A Messages podcast. We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message and that it brought you inspiration and encouragement in your journey of faith. If you'd like to listen to more messages or stay connected with us, visit our website at newhopecapule.org or follow us on social media. Remember, no matter where you are in life, there is always hope and a new beginning in Christ. So let's continue to grow and learn together as we pursue a life of purpose and impact. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Aloha and God bless.